Welcome everybody, Filibuster Freestyle Sunday morning, Hush Tone Podcast, Arsenal on in the studio, too early in the match to worry about any commentary, we're not doing the last 10 minutes of a great game when they're in the 19th minute, but anyway, Hush Tones, like I said, not able to project too much here on an early Sunday morning, try to get as close to the mic as I can. We happen to have been out at the NCAA convention this week in Indianapolis, and we're there for the vote of the new NCAA Constitution, which passed overwhelmingly with an 80% vote to the affirmative. Had some other interesting votes as well, and we might get into some of that before we are done here on the filibuster freestyle. But before the theme song, two things to do. One, subscribe, rate, review the podcast Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc. Number two, not unofficial sponsor of the week. $9.99 for M&M's. Okay, a giant airport travel bag of peanut M&M's. Now, I know that there's this gimmick if you go to any gas station that has the regular bag of M&M's and then a bag that's like hanging on a metal rack that they upcharge you for the value of said M&M's because of the packaging. And it's one of the best scams going. And we typically pay for it. You get slightly more M&M's than you do in a king size or a share size bag, and you pay like an extra buck or two, which is kind of brutal when you think about it. Shouldn't you get more M&M's for your money, not less M&M's for your money, as you buy more M&M's? But yesterday at the airport, I said to myself, you know what, get the big bag. You know, instead of being like a $4 upcharge for an M&M that would be $2 not in an airport, you know, it would be a 6 or a $7 bag. It's bigger. I get it. <laughs> in Indiana, $9.99 for M&Ms. That's just too darn much. Not the, not the fake sponsor of the week. Not the unofficial sponsor of the week. Not even close. All right, here comes the theme song. And then I got some NFL takes for you. And uh, we'll see where else this thing goes. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. All right, so NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. Here we are, 23rd of January. We're halfway through the Divisional Playoffs weekend. Two very low-scoring games yesterday, one in Green Bay, in the snow, one in Nashville, not in the snow. Both games didn't get out of the teens in terms of scoring. 13 to 10 at the buzzer. 49ers upset Aaron Rodgers and the anti-vaxxers, Paxers. Not that all the Packers are anti-vaxxers, but I had to get in at least one dig. By the way, Chief Marketing Officer Cindy Harrington, not a fan of anti-vaxxer. Aaron Rodgers. And I don't feel like I'm talking out of school to tell you that. <laughs> Next time she's on, I'm sure she'll be happy to uh, articulate that as a healthcare professional. Anyway, in the other game, uh, Tennessee losing at home to the Cincinnati Bengals 19-16. to So two low-scoring games, a lot of field goals, a lot of defense, a lot of playoff football. Both number one seeds, the only two teams that got a bye in this year's playoffs, Go down in their opening game at home. Joe Burrow, second-year quarterback out of LSU, 
very, very much an all-he-does-is-win type of guy, finds a way to outduel Steve Tannehill. And then Jimmy G, who must have gotten some of that good fortune dust that Tom Brady has. Because Tom Brady, obviously, unassailably the greatest quarterback, most accomplished quarterback, most accomplished, accomplished football player. Maybe the most accomplished athlete conversation is out there, but certainly football player, most accomplished football player in terms of longevity, records, and championships. Being in that quarterback room with Tom for years, Jimmy's got, when he's healthy, and his bad luck bugaboo is that he's not healthy usually for more than one season at a time in a row, he is the master of throwing for less than 200 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception, but when healthy, still game-managing his way through the playoffs. He did that two years ago, whatever it was, when they made the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs. And he did it again yesterday. They find a way to outlast the Cowboys last week. They find a way to outlast the Packers this week, both on the road. And they will go on the road next week, either against their division rival LA Rams or against the Buccaneers in what would be the Jimmy G. Tom Brady showdown in an NFC championship. Unless you're a Rams fan, the theater around that Jimmy G versus Tom Brady for a chance to go to the Super Bowl is absolutely what anybody outside of the L.A. Rams fan base is going to want. But congrats to Jimmy for having a little bit of a, a shoehorn effect and being a little bit lucky and a little bit good and a little bit rock and roll. And the Niners, your sixth seed in the NFC, are in the NFC Championship. And the Bengals, who are your fourth seed, unbelievably pulling off the road win against Tennessee. Tennessee just didn't quite have it yesterday. And honestly, their window might be closed. And I say that because Steve Tannehill, as solid as he has been under Mike Vrabel, as solid as he has been since he came from the, the Dolphins where he was considered kind of a bust or a washout or maybe a backup quarterback, he doesn't have the upside of a Joe Burrow. He doesn't have the upside of a Patrick Mahomes, clearly. He doesn't have the upside of a Jared, Jared Allen of the Bills, clearly. You know, and now you've got this ascension of this next generation of starting stud quarterback, and that includes, you know, a lot of other dudes in the AFC. Already blanking on his name. Don't have my notes in front of me, but the Chargers quarterback. I can't believe him. Break the Josh. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. By the way, did I say Jared Allen? Is it Josh Allen? It's really early in the morning. It's been a long week of traveling. Anyway, bottom line is. Tannehill is probably the 7th, 8th, 10th best AFC quarterback going into next season. And they were the one seed this year. This was the year to potentially have the home field advantage and be able to utilize that to overcome a juggernaut like the Chiefs or like the Bills. Anyway, I'm going to get some names right here in a second. Speaking of the Bills and the Chiefs, With Tennessee's loss yesterday, winner of the Bills-Chiefs game will host next week's AFC Championship against the Bengals. The Bengals have won two close games in a row. The Chiefs and the Bills both embarrassed their opponents last week. Chiefs destroyed the listless Steelers, and the Bills absolutely obliterated the New England Patriots, who I root for and have for like 35 years. And so, one, I'm going on a limb. Winner 
And this isn't what I want to happen, by the way. Winner of today's Chiefs-Bills game, definitely going to the Super Bowl, most likely your Super Bowl champion. So what I'm telling you today is in the divisional round, Chiefs hosting Bills, I think more likely than not, winner of today's game is your Super Bowl champion. Crack research team, mark it. With that said, Joe Burrow seems to find a way to win, and we'll see. But on the rams Bucks side, because the Niners are there waiting, do I see a scenario in which the Niners can outlast the Bucks or the Rams? Absolutely. Because the Bucks and the Rams are both not what we thought they were going to be at their best this year. The Rams, because they are a trick-or-treat team. Some weeks they look dominant. Some weeks they look average at best. Some halves or quarters of games they look dominant, while the rest of said game is the opposite. You just don't know. And with the Bucks, I just continue to question their health. Last year, when they made an improbable run, going on the road the entire way in the playoffs and then playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium, and winning it as an underdog against the Chiefs, their health was impeccable. They had every guy they needed, and you had Tom Brady, and you just you, you, they put together an unbelievable effort. Nobody's repeated since Tom Brady did it back in the 03-04 with the Patriots in his early days, and that was a team built on ball control, defense, etc. But they had all their guys. The Bucks do not have all their guys. They're the defending champs. The only thing that's working out for them is they no longer have to go to Lambeau Field. If they win this week, they will host next week's NFC Championship against Jimmy G and the Niners. Now, the team with the most firepower in the NFC is definitely the Rams. But the Rams, like I just went into, are absolutely trick-or-treat. And until last week, Stafford never even won a playoff game. And he's going against the godfather and the grandfather, if you will. And by the way, he's my age, but Tom Brady... It's one more playoff games than anybody, not even close. So what I'm saying is the Bengals are a very solid playoff team. They are not a juggernaut. The Buccaneers are the defending champs. They have the alligator blood, the experience. They've done it before. They could find a way, but they are not a juggernaut. The Rams are a pretend juggernaut. Sometimes they look like one. Sometimes they are pathetically inept when it comes to being labeled a juggernaut, especially with the star power they've laid out and gone all in on. So that leads me, once again, to today's game in Kansas City between Jared Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I had to call a timeout. Jared Allen used to play defensive end. I don't know why he keeps being the wrong guy. It's definitely Josh Allen. It's definitely early in the morning. It's definitely a hush tone podcast. And I didn't even need the Cracker Research team. I literally pressed stop just then. You can probably hear the click. And I'm coming back in being like, how did I not get Josh Allen's name right? Why did I think he was Jared Allen, the defensive end? I also think there's an NBA player named Jared Allen. doesn't matter. He wasn't the guy I was thinking of. And then Justin Herbert is the Chargers quarterback whose name I couldn't get earlier either. The guy's only been out of football for two weeks in terms of his season ending. And we are just... We were just flying by the seat of our pants today. So it's Josh Allen for sure, definitely not Jared Allen. And it's Justin Herbert, also better than Steve Tannehill, to come back on that point and make that one right. So anyway, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, 
of two are two juggernaut quarterbacks with juggernaut offenses who number one no lead that you can get on them is safe and number two if you fall behind by 14 points or 10 points they will keep scoring enough that you will never catch them what you need them to do is the good news for nfl everybody else besides the chiefs and the bills is they have to eliminate each other today somebody loses today so instead of having two juggernauts remaining you have one and that's my point could the Rams win the Super Bowl? Yes. Could the Rams get destroyed today by the Bucks? Yes. Could the Bucks win the Super Bowl? Yes. Could they get destroyed today by the Rams? Yes. Niners in the clubhouse. They're already waiting for one of those two teams. Could they win next week? Yes. Could they get blown out next week? Yes. The Bengals are waiting in the clubhouse for the winner of the Juggernaut Bowl today. Could the Bengals find a way on the road to squeak another one out? Maybe. But you got to think the winner of today's game has the firepower to, and the room for error to win the game in 10 different ways when the Bengals only have one way to win. And that's why I think you're going to see the Chiefs or the Bills in the Super Bowl, and then the exact same thing is going to happen in that game, where they're going to have five or six paths to victory in the, an imperfect Bucks team or an imperfect Rams team or an imperfect Niners team will only have one or two paths to victory. And those two paths involve mistakes, turnovers, special team problems. That's all they can bank on and being pretty much perfect and solid in their own right. So call on it here. Winner of today's Bills-Chiefs game is your Super Bowl favorite and will probably win the Super Bowl. Let's talk a little bit about who I would like to see the Super Bowl. First of all, let's not brush over the fact that if the Bucks win today, the Tom Brady-Jimmy G Bowl going to be some great theater. Great theater. Unbelievable theater. Kind of hope we get it. Though I do think the Rams, when they are at their best, are the best chance for the Chiefs or the Bills to not win. And I'm not rooting against necessarily the Chiefs or the Bills. If I had a pick right now, rooting for chaos, etc., you want the Bengals. There are so many Bills fans right now pretending, hey, we're the underdogs too. We've never won a Super Bowl. We went to four straight and didn't get one. I understand that, but you're the juggernauts now. And maybe it's not fair that, you know, you didn't even get to win a Super Bowl yet when you've reached juggernaut status. But here's the thing. You lost to a juggernaut in the Chiefs last year who then couldn't get it done against the Bucks. Tom Brady's 44. His team's injured. He's not the juggernaut team right now, though he obviously has all the guile needed all the expertise needed, and is certainly still performing at an incredibly high level. But the Bills, what you did, and I know the Bills lost to the Bucks this year. And they heck, they lost to the Jaguars this year. But since they lost to the Bucks, but almost forced overtime in a game they were getting drubbed in the first half, they have been a juggernaut. And the Chiefs, since they figured out whatever the heck their problem was to start the year, they have been a juggernaut. And so the winner and will be the host of the Bengals, and will be the favorite. So Bills fans, I am sorry, but today is your last day where anybody besides people outside of Buffalo or people who are fans of the Bills, today is the last day anybody considers you any type of underdog for the rest of this season. You will be favored today, uh, next week if you win today. You will be favored in the Super Bowl. So the Bengals are America's team in terms of lovable underdogs, plucky stories, can Joe Burrow, who came out of nowhere, it seemed, at LSU a few years ago, had a season ended last year as a rookie with, a tr- with an injury after getting battered. He was sacked nine times yesterday, an NFL record, 
by the Titans, they still found a way to squeak one out. People are going to be rooting for that. I'm sorry. They just are. But obviously Josh Allen on the precipice of absolute NFL super stardom. Patrick Mahomes has already achieved it. Going to a third straight Super Bowl, winning a second Super Bowl would clearly cement him in a completely different category than all but you know a handful of quarterbacks in the history of the game, maybe two handfuls probably. But when you've had when you have two and you've been to three, say, if you've won two and you've been to three and all three were in a row, you you get into some rarefied air, potentially. But the point is the Bills are so darn strong based on last week's effort against the Patriots. Time might be up. The Bills might be the juggernaut. It's a lot to think about. But today's game is the Super Bowl in terms of the best two teams that are left in the dance. Healthiest, most dangerous, most high octane, have the most ways to beat you, best quarterback play, most scary quarterback play, scariest skill position players, ratio to quarterback play, all of it. The teams with the most ways to win, as Jeremy Johnson likes to say, those are the Bills and the Chiefs. And that game's going down today. Very interested to see which Rams team and which Bucks team shows up. If the Rams team doesn't show up for 60 minutes, they're going to need a bad day from Brady and his team because you know Brady's going to, Brady's going to have a good, a good 15 minutes for sure, if not a good 30, if not a good 45, if not a good 60. I don't know if the Bucks are healthy enough for a good 60, but if the Rams don't show up for 60, it really swings in the Bucks' favor. Two big games. All right. Here's the NCAA convention hot take. New constitution. It allows all three divisions, as they're currently constituted, to have way more autonomy to govern themselves, which means you're not trying to figure out how 13 different schools, sorry, 1,300 different schools playing in three divisions but at all kinds of different arrangements within those divisions, how to govern all 1,300 of those under one umbrella. It's still one umbrella organization, but the autonomy of each division opens things up, including the ability to start your own division or subdivision within the division. So not unlike there's one AA football, now FCS football, in the, bold, in the bowl football. So, you know, 85 scholarship football that the big boys play, the power five, and then 60 scholarship or 63 scholarship football they play in the one AA. So North Dakota State, Montana, schools like that. In the division one level, I don't think you'll see a split in the next two years or three years, but I do think you'll see baseball, softball, lacrosse, et cetera, get split up into basically 1A and 1AA divisions. The amount of scholarships you can offer will, will be changed. Right now, for instance, a baseball team is only allowed 35 guys on the roster in Division One, and only 11.7 scholarship equivalencies spread out amongst those guys. I think you're going to see the roster limits get changed and the scholarship limits get changed. And you'll be at least two Division I champions per year within the next few years, I think. And I think that's going to happen in almost every sport across the board in D1. I also think you might see it in D3, even though there's no scholarships. Because a few years ago, the Division Three teams, about 150 of those teams, schools, tried to kind of make a subdivision within Division Three, almost creating a de facto Division Four, in which the high-level Division Three teams that tend to win all the national championships are just competing against each other. And the teams that you know are a little bit lesser than are competing for their own thing. And they were told they couldn't do that under the old umbrella. Well, now that umbrella just changed as of two days ago. I was there. I saw the boat myself. Going to be an interesting ride. Filibuster Freestyle. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Want to shout out France, the USA, our friends in Germany, 
and others for listening across the world, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, India, all kinds of great action throughout many time zones, many latitudes, many longitudes. So we have much gratitude for you all and your continued support. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get the podcast. And filibusterfreestyle.com, you can always check us out there as well. Thank you.